Welcome to the More Grounding, Less Grinding podcast. I am Adriana Correa, your host, also known as the Spectral Wind 102. And in this brave space, we will meet weekly to talk about spiritual tools, rituals, and things you can do in your daily life to add more connection, to bring more joy, and to feel more at peace. I am an empowerment coach, a Reiki master, a spiritista in developing my practice in sacred curanderismo. So I can bring all of these tools together to show you and to guide you in this road of self-love, self-compassion, and self-care. Join me. Here we are another Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, today's episode is about ancestral veneration. That is one of the practices that I have spiritually integrated in my life for a more enlightenment, a more peaceful, a more intentional way of living. If you're interested to finding about my new coming up workshop in September, please be sure to email me at spectralwin102 at gmail.com or DM me through my Instagram account, spectralwin102. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome to another episode of More Grounding, Less Grinding. I am Adriana Correa, your host. And this episode is very, very dear to me because it's how I started my ancestral veneration practices. Now I'm going to lead you on a story. It's a little sad. Get the Kleenex. Get the handkerchief if you have one. Um, el pañuelo, pues. Because this one is a little sad. I'm not going to lie. But I promise you, there's an app, positive upheaval up afterwards. So... Turns out that in um, September of 2016, I traveled with my mom to Italy. I believe it was the first time that she went to Italy, or maybe the second time. But we went there for a women's retreat. It was a yoga women's retreat. And we had been planning on it since March of 2016. And with the blessing of the universe and the prosperity that we were able to to come through, we show up on that Saturday, and within three hours, I see like five missed calls from my father because I hadn't connected to the Wi-Fi. So when I connected back in, the first thing that he said is like, "I need to talk to your mom. Uh, am I on speaker?" And I'm like, "Yes. Do you need me to be present?" He's like, "Yes." So unfortunately, my grandfather had been going through some medical issues he lived a really long life lucy progreso hernando and he was trying to come back from a a health crisis that he had a couple of months back and unfortunately that's what sometimes the they call the uh, the rainbow when people that are passing away have this moment of well-being of clarity of anything to feel good and then they transition well my grandfather had transitioned and he was in colombia and we were all the way in italy 
and my mom needed to come back home. Miami, we had just gotten to the retreat. This was going to be a big deal. The retreat um, host was uh, Jennifer Pastillo, and with a lot of uh, compassion, she, she shared with us, hey, I really feel that if you stay, you can do more for you and for your healing than if you go. But my mother reiterated, it's cultural. If I don't go, my brothers and sisters will never forgive me. So I remember... Um, embarking finding tickets the same night so we got there like around 3 4 p.m and then finding tickets for the next day at like one in the morning finding a ride back to um the nearest airport which was like about two hours away and then getting on that plane about a 12 hour plane ride back to colombia now remember going in through security and the immigration agent looked at me really weird and he said, why, why are you going to Colombia and why are you in Italy? You just got here. Very suspiciously, of course. And with this saddest face, I didn't even know I was that sad. I said to him, my grandfather just died and we need to go back home to see him. Oh my God, it's bringing a lot of emotion up for me. So thank you for holding space for me, guys. And the guy un completely understood. Everybody in, in Italy, in France, wherever we went to, whenever we said, my grandfather passed, we need to go back home. They completely um, if didn't align. It's just like they understood. They related. That's the word. They related. So we made it back. And, of course, it was supposed to be a sad time. But what I loved about this particular event was that it brought the family back together. And in Colombia, you have a period of 24 hours. It's called la velación, where you sit with uh, the, the casket and you are supporting each other through conversation, through uh, eating, through whatever it may be. The Catholic tradition, which my family is Catholic in Colombia, um, they know they do masses, they bring flowers. Well, this was beautiful because I remember seeing the aunts and the cousins and the uncles and everybody around the casket, and they just went around sharing funny stories about my grandfather. And we were the only room, the Velacion, that were, we were all laughing because we knew that our grandfather wanted to be remembered in that light. He wanted to be bring joy to us because that's what he did while he was alive. He took care of a lot of us in his retirement years. And towards the end, he just, just wanted to have a good time. He just wanted us to have a good time. So... While being in Colombia, I came across this book. I think one of the ladies in the retreat sent it to me, or I don't really remember how it got to me, but it was on a PDF form, and it was called One Life, Many Masters. And it was about the concept of reincarnation and coming back of life lessons of why we sometimes have to endure really painful events and traumatic events, and, and, and how does that do for our mastering our lessons right i totally recommend that it's by daniel waisman i believe and when the nine days after my grandfather 
um, was cremated because they cremated it. The prayer for it was to give a life to and to know that this now saint, that's what they call it in the Catholic Church, this now saint was going to be there to help us in the journey. That was September 2016. And I came back home and little by little, I started feeling the call to honor the death, to honor the deceased people that had been on my life. And through getting exposed to other practices, in particular the festivity of Salem, and which is in, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's where the veil gets thinner, it's around Halloween, Sandheim. It's when you honor the souls, all souls and all of disease that have passed and perhaps transformed. And so something clicked within me. And I'm like, oh, my grandfather is a saint now. He has passed, he has transitioned. I can be joyful about it. You know, he made it through this life. Now he's in the other life. And we can be joyful about it. So I remember that uh, October, I created a little altar and I offer the food that we usually eat. And it wasn't too big, but I just, I just felt the call to honor. And the next year, I came about the full ancestral veneration when I did my mentorship with Grecia Ordonez. And we learned about Spiritism and we learned about why it's so important to have this practice. Especially as spiritual practitioners, as energy workers, right? So she explained to me that we are a walking DNA bank and that all that information is in our body, in this meat suit that we are now embodying. And what a great honor it is to have come after all those people that were warriors, that were merchants, that were successful, that were leaders. And that's part of the ancestral veneration practice because it's an honor to be here on this plane, breathing, speaking, you know, with air, breathing, spirit. And then she shared, well, just as we have this lineage of proud people of great wisdom that we are remembering through our practices, we also have the ancestors that, although they lived well and died well, there was something about their life that, that affected them. There's like an emotional knot, an energy knot that's still there in our DNA, in our lineage. That's how I perceive it. And so we are called to be here in this present moment and with this high consciousness to clear out the knot. And the knots could be self-love. They could be about relationships and the need to have a partner for financial security. They could be fear of the unknown, fear of jumping through faith and leaping and just doing your own thing, fear of abandonment. See, people don't realize that, but sometimes when you're unable to leave a particular 
relationship, a love relationship in your life, it might not be just you. It might be one grandmother or another family member that was so married to the idea of having a partner that they're making you go back to that because they think that is safe and they think they know what is best. And so that's why we, th- we give light and honor and energy and uplift our ancestors because we want them to elevate spiritually because they were human and they pass and now they are on energy spiritual form but if they don't go up higher in consciousness they're going to stay on the same vibrational level and we want them to go higher we want them to aspire and do all of the things and have all of the currency energetic currency to move to whatever they need to move and if if they so choose to to support the other family members and they do they do Whenever you give light to your ancestors of light, they'll come through for you. But we cannot ask of them if we haven't given them light first, right? It's not like you call them up and, hey, yeah, come through, protect me. You could, but you want to first create a relationship. Remember, this is all balance that you're creating. Yes, you give with intention, with love, and you will also receive. So that's why we set up altars. And if you can have, find pictures, put up the pictures and ask your grandmother and grandfather if they're still alive or any aunts of any memories that they may have of the places where they were born, where they went when they were children. Any, anything is a clue. And I guarantee you, as soon as you start giving light to your ancestors, they will start coming through. I have a couple of uh, funny, very funny stories. The, the first one that comes to mind is that I choose to follow a plant-based diet. I know it's not in my ancestry, but that's what I choose to do now. And now I'm very, I, I was very well thought that just because I have this diet, this lifestyle does not mean my ancestors are going to like my food or whatever I'm making. So if they used to eat the chicken and the meat and I get a taste in in my mouth, like, why am I craving this? It's probably because they want to be fed that. So I made it a tradition that for Dia de los Muertos, I cook a big chicken and without salt because they don't like salt. You only put sweets in the altar or food without salt. And I remember the last time I was doing it, I was praying to my grandmother. She was an amazing cook. And I said, grandmother, I do not want to taste this chicken. So please lead me in whatever way you may and allow this chicken to come through. And I put the spices and, you know, I, I let my intuition guide me. No, put more of this, mijita, put more of this, put more of that. And that chicken smelled amazing. And I actually made extra for my family members that do eat meat. And it was so tasty. They say they loved it. I'm like, I'll take your word for it. And I did it again when I, when I was invited to a women's retreat. And I was helping out with the cooking. And I, I said, please help me. 
grandmother come through, you came through once the other time, come through again. And boom, that chicken came out amazing. I didn't taste it, they told me. So I know for a fact that since I started elevating my ancestors, my cooking tastes different. Like there's something about it that I'm like, Mm, okay even my gra my my father has told me about it because like yeah it's it's something something there something's there so i know i honor her you know i am honoring her another interesting story is that through doing ancestral elevation i was also exposed to mediumship sessions and again i want to preface by always reminded you to be mindful of who you trust, who you let into your energy, your spiritual energy to read you, any tarot reader, any um, person that communicates with the death, any, any of these people that are energy workers, make sure that you vet them, make sure that um, you are, are on their profiles or on their social media enough to, to create a connection and to all be informed and discerned and discernment and, and choose to do what's best for you based on information. So that's how I preface that. So I, like I said, I was also uh, exposed to mediumship sessions and you know, they, they, they come through, my ancestors come through. And it was really gratifying the first time that I went to my, uh, I went to one. Uh, apparently my whole, my whole indigenous tribe was there. They're like, whoa, you have a lot of Indios. That's the first time they told me. And I'm like, I do? I was all excited. And they're like, yeah. And then I was just very happy that they were present, that they showed up. Because whenever you're in these energetic streets, you know, the spiritual streets, your ancestors will stand up for you. You know, whoever asks like, hey, who can vouch for this person? Your ancestors can be like, we do. That's why you also give them light. And through mediumship sessions, I found out that I was born from an indigenous royalty family, that we are leaders, we are community leaders, that there's a lot of healers within my lineage. And so when I come into this, this space, this platform, offering a spiritual guidance, it's not lightly, because it's not only me that is doing it, it is also the ancestors that walk with me, that have healing energy within them. And remind you well that you are the medicine. We are just a guide. We're just an energetic guide. We're here providing wisdom that we're activating from our DNA, but you are the medicine. Nobody heals you but you. So yeah, so that was very rewarding from my mediation sessions when they were showing what kind of food they want me to serve them. And they show me what kind of tools they used. And they show me, you know, like flowers or things like that. That's through the medium. They explain to me what they see. So that's really, I, I love any and all of those things. I'm like, sign me up. So mediumship sessions is another way for you to connect to your ancestors. But first, you always want to give light to the ancestors of light that live well and die well from your mother's and your father's side. I understand this might be prickly because if you're, um, I think the word strange from one side of your family, it, you may feel a certain kind of way. But again, when you 
focus on the ancestors of light. They'll come through because it could be from any any side, and and you don't know what generational trauma you are healing just by doing this veneration, just by showing up, just by waking up and say, hey, this first ray of light that I see right here, I honor my ancestors with it. Because when you honor them and when you honor your body, which again is the DNA bank of all the people that came before you, you give light to your lineage. And I believe there is an indigenous to the land, yeah, I, I, I thought that whenever you heal something in this present moment, you're healing seven generations before and seven generations after. So the work that we're doing here is not light, but it's so rewarding, it's so rewarding. So my call here today is for you guys. To research within your family tree for names, for dates of birth, for cities, for towns, for anything that you can find so you can start putting together your ancestral veneration. It is your first line of defense in the spiritual world. They're the ones that show up first and say, hey, we can vouch for this person in the spiritual world. And by honoring them and give them light, you can let go of the fears of the energetic bindings that stop them from doing their greatest in their life. And by honoring them, you can tell them, hey, I honor you, I honor your life, but this is my life now, and I choose to live it how I best want to. With guidance, with our Ori, with the Great Spirit. I, I'll close off with, with this very interesting story. I got a reading, and in this lifetime, I choose to honor my indigenous uh, ancestors and my indigenous descent. They show up every time that I am I'm in any spiritual gathering, and I'm, I'm really connected with them. I'm excited. I love working with Pachamama, with Mother Earth. I love working the sacred plant kingdom. And go, with that mindset, I go into this reading, and it was... The reader was Grecia Ardonias, my mentor, and she said, hey, I know you're really proud of this lineage that you carry, but remember, a lot of your ancestors were also Catholic, and they want you to give them light. And it was like a bucket of cold water, because in my mind, I'm like, ah, I haven't prayed in such a long time. You know, I go to the masses, and we call it in... And sister um, veneration, we, we go and steal masses to call back the energy because a lot of our ancestors were Catholic and they spent a little time in the church. So that's a current of energy that we want to call back and bring back home. So um, she reminded me that they, they wanted to be at peace. And they instructed me to pray the rosary for 21 days. And for me to let them know, hey, I honor you. I know that you're part of my makeup, but in this lifetime, I choose to honor my indigenous side. It is part of my purpose. It is part of what I came here to do. But I'm not negating you. I know I have a Spanish blood in me, and I have all of the other things that are not so 
I'm not so proud of, but they still make up my, my DNA thing. And I gotta honor them. So sometimes we, you know, we still have, no, not sometimes, always, we always have the final decision in the life because remember, this is your life. But we're trying to be the best ancestors that there is. So when we go on the other side, yes, we're already on higher vibrational, higher consciousness. We can come back here and help whoever they want, you know, whoever needs help. So that's, that's the goal. To act as if you are already a great ancestor with dignity, with pride, with spiritual integrity. And that's what I, I, I like to teach ancestral generation workshops and talk to people about it and in my one-on-ones and with my clients. That's one of the first questions. Have you set up your altar yet? And it's interesting because it wasn't taught to us to do this, to give us space to sit in our, in our dwellings, in our houses. But we can learn so much from them. We just allow them in, knowing that it's only the spirits of light, the ancestors of light that live well and die well, that are we're calling in. Because it's very important that you let know who you're inviting to your home. And those are the ones that are only the ones that are allowed to come in. I hope this serves you. If you don't have an ancestral veneration practice, I hope this planted the seed so you can start one. I'm here for you. Um, thank you for listening. I know that by sharing this, I'm honoring my ancestors. Luz y progreso to all of the ancestors of the listeners that are getting this message through this podcast. Luz y progreso to the ancestors of light, to your lineage, to, the, to your ancestry and your descendancy. Luz y progreso, luz y progreso, luz y progreso. It means light and progress because we always want more light and to progress to a higher consciousness. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your friends and family. Comment what resonated. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram. I am SpectralWin102. Add yourself to the newsletter. Become part of the SpectralWin family and never miss an episode.